you know, when you get on with your day, um, it's easy to sort of forget to communicate. And so I find that being proactive, letting people know about a situation before it happens, reaching out for no reason. So regularly, I have it in my calendar that I will reach out to every single tenant in our portfolio just to say hi, just, hey, how's it going? Is there anything that I should be aware of? To just have that little proactive approach. I learn lots of stuff from tenants that maybe didn't feel the need to tell us up front, you know, or maybe they forgot to tell us something. You know, every time I do that, I might only get a handful who respond. Not everybody responds, but everyone sees it. I think that's important to always have a presence and to just reach out proactive, regular communication. It's not rocket science, right? We're usually reaching out to collect a bill or enforce a rule. Um, and so the reason we're property managers is because we love dealing with people. And so let's yeah. go back to you know, dealing with people. Yeah. Welcome to the Mastering Property Management Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Sarbit. Join me as we delve into candid conversations with industry experts to uncover their strategies and insights for achieving success in property management. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, let's elevate your property management skills together. Hi, everybody. This is Jared Sarbo with Mastering Property Management. Today, I'm honored to have a guest, Melissa Ferguson, with Symmetry Commercial Real Estate, property manager here in Alberta, overseeing about 18 properties in, in Alberta. Um, she is the president of the company. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This is great. My pleasure. My pleasure. So, Melissa, as we get into it here, um, you know, can you? I want you to go back. Uh, tell me, tell me about your experience. How you got into property management? You know, some of the major milestones along the way. Um, you know, how did you get to the current level that you are today? Uh, just walk me through it. Sure. Um, so, I first started out as an unlicensed assistant working for commercial real estate brokerage. I was helping with sales and leasing. Um, and our office shared an office with a property management company. We didn't have a lot of interaction together, but you could, you know, see people in the kitchen and at reception and stuff like that. And I started to understand a little bit more of what they were doing. And I was finding that, you know, in, in transactional real estate, you attract the tenant, you negotiate the deal. And then sort of once that's signed, you kind of don't see them again until it's time for maybe renewal in five years or so and you, you're, you're moving on to the next deal. Um, whereas in property management, uh, you know, you really have that opportunity to nurture the, ten, uh, the relationships with the tenants once you get them and it's more of a long-term thing. And, uh, and I was really missing that working in the brokerage side. So I decided to give property management a try. Amazing. Amazing. That's very cool. So, so, so tell me like, how did, what, what did that, what did you do to, to get your feet into property management? I had to start as a property management assistant. Um, okay. you know, and I first started off, I was doing, I'm managing a portfolio of office towers. And, um, so that was such a great learning experience for me. And then moving over to retail and I got a little bit of experience doing industrial and then you can really start to see which asset class resonates the most with you um, each one is very different and the challenges are very different um, and you know milestones as i became licensed um, i got an opportunity to manage a property management business unit on my own at a very young age um, it was sort of a sink or swim moment for me 
Um, but I figured it out, you know, and, and how, how I was able to sort of, uh, be successful in that is leveraging relationships, building relationships, you know, networking, asking a lot of questions. Um, you know, I really relied heavily on more experienced property managers, general managers that I'd met. So the, the moral of that story is I really put myself out there. I really reached out to people. I joined a lot of associations and, um, you know, I've always had a bit of a keen sense, if that makes sense. So I might not always know the answer, but I know when that's not right. You know, if it right. doesn't sound right or it yeah. sounds too good to be true, you know, be yes. analytical in question. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that, that sort of led me to, to where I am today. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for that. Um, what, what are some of the qualities that got you there? Like, how would you describe your, your, you know, your strengths that kind of got you to this position? You know, like 18 properties is not a small portfolio. Um, what, what, what got you to this, into this position? Yeah, you know, it's a good question because it's um, when I first started on my own. So I started out, I uh, started Symmetry because um, I was just finding that there's uh, a lot of limitations placed on me while working at some of the larger companies. Um, yeah. And I wasn't really able to provide the type of service that I wanted to, to the clients. And so I tried my hand at, you know, going out on my own and so that I could um, customize the services. And if a client needs a special report on a certain day of the month, I wanted to be able to break our mold and do things like that for them. So that's how that kind of came about. But, you know, as, as, as I was first starting out and, um, having sales pitches, I guess, with new landlords, um, you know, I began to understand their biggest complaint about the property managers that they had experience with was that those property managers never answered the phone, never wanted, never answered the phone mm. or never went to see the tenants. Yeah. And, you know, so then right. they're asking me, what's going to, what makes you different? So that's a, yeah. that's a, a tough question. You know, will I answer the phone? Well, you have to really dig deep to find out what qualities uh, that you have um, actually makes you uh, comfortable to answer the phone. And if we analyze that a little bit more, I've been that property manager. I know those property managers. Property management is, you know, it's, it's kind of a thankless job sometimes. The phone's ringing um, because there's a demand or a complaint or um, they're searching for a solution from you that you might not have at the moment. Um, Right. And so it's easy for us to, or it's easy for property managers to maybe want to avoid answering the phone. Maybe you get a bit of anxiety. Um, maybe you don't have the answer right away. You don't want to get back to them right away. So what happens? You, you maybe hide behind an email or, or you just, you just avoid it. Um, yeah. So, so you, you've taken the approach, like, is it you that answers the phone every time? Are you, are you so, the one that's? I'm, I have a team now, but when I first started, I was, I, w I did all the roles and yeah. um, I basically had to understand myself so well um, and figure out how to make it easier for me to be able to answer the phone. So I'm using the metaphor answering the phone, right? For right. basically yes. confrontation or conflict issues with tenants. Um, yeah, but basically yeah. I figured out if you reduce 
the conflicts or eliminate confrontations, then it's not a problem to answer the phone. Amazing. Amazing. Right? I it, love it's, that. It's, yeah. So it's, it all goes, okay, so how do I, how do I do that? And it all goes to building relationships, right? If I am seen as a property manager that cares and has the tenants back and provides value for the rent that they pay, um, you know, I don't, I don't ever feel anxious answering the phone anymore because I know that they're not going to um, yell at me or there's not going to be as much of a confrontation because we have that relationship established. I love that. I love that. We talk about within our company, um, you know, creating those wow customer experiences when, Mm -hmm. when you have the opportunities, because when you create those, when something does go wrong and you know, they, they do in our, in our business, I'm sure yours, but the customer will forgive you um, if you have that relationship because you've already created these wow experiences and they they trust you. And so when things go wrong, it's, it's much more forgivable because they know that you're going to repair it quickly. Sounds like you're, that's right. And you're a person, right? You're just a person that's there. That's trying to do the best that they can. And that's how you, um, you know, the relationship and that's how you begin to see each other. Versus, yeah. you know, this is just a, a machine that I never see that never takes my call that never gets anything right, but is calling when they want my rent, right? That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to set ourselves apart. So I can answer the phone, because I'm not a, I don't have the anxiety, because I spend a lot yeah. of time building the relationships. Amazing and amazing. And this might lead into my next question, but I'm going to throw kind of some, something in there a little bit. But how do you uh, find your, your team now? How do you teach them to be able to respond in the same way and have, you know, reduce that anxiety in the same way that you do? And I think this is going to lead to my, my next question here. That, um, but, but maybe you can kind of touch on that. Well, f- firstly, I have an amazing team. I have been so, so lucky to have people that work with me that are like-minded. They've been in the industry for a long time. We share similar outlooks. I think it's important to try to find people that uh, share those similar values, but maybe can fill gaps that you lack, right? That's the ultimate. Um, and so, um, so there's a lot of talk. We talk a lot. We share our experiences. Um, you know, I, we, me and my assistant, we will talk about um, a, a confrontation that maybe happened, and then she tells me how she handles it, and maybe I give her a little bit of feedback. Maybe you know, look at it this way. It's all learning, um, and sort of out of all of this, um, a, a course was created. Yes. On yes. how that, to put this all together. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And that's, that is, you, you know, that's my next question. Um, so you have, it's called service mindset transformation. Is that correct? Yes. And, yes. and you've developed a program for property managers to, um, you know, an educational, it's an online uh, educational program to help them uh, empathize and uh, work with with uh, other uh, their their tenants. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really it really uses um, emotional intelligence um, as yeah. the base, and yeah. it really kind of there's some very vulnerable sections where it really gets you to think uh, think hard about why you do certain things that you do. Yeah. Um, you know, how are you in conflict situations, do you get defensive? 
Do you lash out? Do you want to run and hide? Do you just start to cry? We're all who we are, but it's good to understand these specific things about ourselves so that we can be more aware of them when it comes to these interactions with tenants. So for example, if you, if you are aware that your initial reaction is defensiveness, then my hope is that the first time you feel that feeling, you can control it and then use something more positive in your interaction. Because the goal should always be the tenant relationship. Wow. That is your number one goal. I love it. So you developed this program. Was it, was it initially, um, am I right that it's for the public, correct? It's not just for your team. Is that right? It is. I initially created it just for my team. Uh, that was how I was going to sort of, uh, instill that culture and just sort of get everybody on the same page. Um, but I've been convinced from other people to put this out to, uh, to other property managers. So uh, a whole course was built. Yeah. Wow, that is so smart. And so does the course um, walk you through like learning about your personality or um, or does it does it just kind of tell you this is how you if you're this person, you you do this, but you do you have to self identify or do you actually help them identify what type of personality they are? Yeah, there's there's a mixture. So it's, um, you know, I provide some there's lots of journaling. There's lots of journal prompts that I provide. So I really want you to sit down quietly by yourself take a bit of a moment and really be honest no one else is going to read it it's not like you're submitting it for grading or anything like that but you you know i went through this exercise myself and it's hard it's really hard but if you give it the effort um, that it deserves it's really rewarding at the end of the day so i give journal prompts uh, i give lots of real life examples on how certain um characteristics um, interact with tenants and what the outcomes are because, you know, there's a lot of common outcomes that we all go through. Um, I also provide links to personality tests. You learn which, which uh, type you are in certain tests. Um, and then there's a whole um, explanation as to, you know, what that means for you and how you can translate it for good and how you can identify the characteristics that might hold you back and then try to pivot and instill something more positive instead. So it really goes through, you know, at the beginning, we talk about self-care as I know that's a bit of a buzzword (laughs) these days, but as a property manager, this is a service industry, our entire job, um, you know, it's very heavily service oriented and from the beginning of our day to the end of our day we're dealing with people and we're dealing with complaints and we're dealing with tight deadlines and we're dealing with high pressures Um, and if you know if you can't find a way to disconnect from those energies at the end of the day it just compounds and you know that's when you don't want to answer the phone and that's when your level of care kind of goes out the window and that's when maybe we get stuck in a rut Right. And so I really talk about self-care, making sure that we're disconnecting from the energies at the end of the day, making sure that we're taking time out for ourselves, making sure that we um, are taking care of our bodies. If we feel good about ourselves, we can make more of a presence um, 
Sounds like a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of good value. You sound like a great person to work for, uh, you know, like if you have that, yeah, if you have that, um, you know, perspective on, on how to approach things Mm -hmm. yourself and you're, and you're, you know, you're preaching it. I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're living it I really try to, um, yeah, I do. And I really try to encourage my team, you know, to do those things as well. Yeah, I bet. And that goes a long way. I mean, results, the the results that you'll get from that, I'm sure are just, you know, um, the the, the astronomical, you know, they they would just perpetuate it upon themselves. Uh, And uh, I'm sure the the clients see that in in the service that you provide, because people have a good quality of life, and they're happy. Yeah, that's right. And they're happy. And they're happy. Yeah, Yeah, they're answering the phone with a smile, right? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Very cool. Yeah. Kind of on that, like I, I you know, cause I did, I, I read kind of your, the outline of the program, just, you know, the, the outline of it. So I didn't go too far into it, but um, you know, a couple of things that kind of stood out to me um, and, and you talked about, you know, ways to disconnect um, from negative, mm-hmm. you know, challenges throughout their day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I imagine that's kind of depends on now, now that you explained it kind of on how, you know, what kind of person you are, your temperament and all of that. Um, but what are some of the ways that you would recommend that, that someone could, you know, as a property manager in the day to day, like you said, it can, you know, it can be pretty unforgiving. Um, you know, what are some things that a property manager can do to, to handle that negativity that sometimes comes in? Yeah. Um, well, certainly by taking care of our mental health and our physical health too, right? You have to take time to exercise and eat properly and meditate. Meditate's a a really big one. Um, Meditating, I do every day and I really find, you know, it's, it's some days it's really easy. Some days it's really difficult, but really just turning off the, the thoughts for Mm -hmm. just a little bit and, and being more aware of your surroundings. Um, And then just doing things that you love to do. Right. I mean, if you love to play hockey once a week, like do that. And if you love to read books, if you like to have a bath, if you want to, you know, like you need to be able to do things that make you happy and that give you some other type of of enjoyment. Right. And it's like we can we disconnect, we can reset, reset our minds, reset our bodies. And then we're like prepared to get up the next morning and start it all over again. Fresh. I like it. Gotcha. So in it, when it, when a negative, you know, like a customer, a tenant calls and they complain and, you know, something really bad is happening. Mm-hmm. Am I right that you're saying that because you've, you're kind of well balanced in your life and, you know, you're, you're doing things that are genuinely consistent and in, in keeping you, you know, at peace when that negative thing comes in, you're going to be able to handle it a lot better and you'll be able to respond in a, is that, is that, yes, that, am I hearing yes. You right? And you know, so we're human and it's not like the thoughts don't, the initial thought always will happen. The initial rush of, you know, a frustration or whatever the feeling is um, will of course uh, grab me. Um, But now uh, because I practice this so much, I, I can think before I speak. Right. And it's stop, you know, like there's some empathy that I'm deploying Right. And it's okay. Um, sometimes I have to call them back. Sometimes I have to right. get away, walk away from my computer. Sometimes I have to put yeah. my phone down and just yeah. take a minute to, to come back to, to be, yeah. to think logically. Right. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and, yeah. and on that note about empathy, you, you talk about um, there's three types of empathy. Um, how, how do they, you know, relate to effective tenant um, interactions? Yeah. So there's three types of empathy that I talk about in the course. There's one is called a cognitive empathy. So this is empathy where a person would understand that a situation would be sad or something, right? So right. if your friend's pet passed away, you know that that's a sad thing to happen. Yeah. But you might not necessarily feel sad, right? right. That's one type of yeah. empathy. Yeah, okay. Um, the next type of empathy is cognitive empathy. Uh, sorry, I just talked. Em um, sorry, one second. Emotional empathy. Okay. Um, so this is the one where you know something is sad and you also feel the feelings that go along with it also. Right. So yes. you know that that's sad and now I feel sad too. And then the right. last one is compassionate empathy. So this is the one where you know it's sad you feel yes. that it's sad, but now you're also spontaneously moved to do something about it. Uh -huh. So um, maybe in that same pet example, your friend's yeah. pet passed away, you feel sad, and maybe now you want to pay for their vet bills or something to take a burden off of. So not one is good or bad. They are, you are who you are, but it's good to understand which type you are so that you can tailor it a little bit to your interactions. I am a, I am a compassionate empath. So I am the one who's um, spontaneously moved to fix everything and take things off of your plate, which if you're a compassionate empath, and that's what you do. It's even more important to disconnect from negative energies at the end of the day, because you hold on to so much more than yeah. what a cognitive empath would. Right. right? So I, I imagine that that bodes really well for your customers. Um, may, maybe not as well for you at the end of the day, but, you know, you have to, you have to learn to, but, but I'm sure, you know, I imagine, you know, from a customer service perspective, that compassionate em empathy, would, I'm, I'm sure is the, probably the best empathy to have um, from a customer relations perspective, I imagine. From a customer relations perspective, yes. From a mental health perspective, yes. you have to work extra hard. Uh, yeah. to not go nuts, <laughs> but, yeah. um, or to even like dial it into something reasonable. Sometimes we can get, you know, a, a little out of control trying to take care of a situation, but, you know, but if you are just a cognitive empath, empath, where all you, where your empathy is limited to just, um, knowing that something would be sad. So if you relate that to a tenant involvement and if a tenant's calling and they're really upset because there's a leak coming down on their boardroom table and you are are that type of empath it's you know it, if you're aware of it then you can try to try to change your response so your immediate response if you're not aware of this is just okay yeah that's great i know that that would suck but i don't really care that much i don't feel the same panic that you do you know, but if you're aware that you do that, then maybe next time you can say, okay, I don't really care, but I should care. So what can I do to, to care? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so it's good to know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it, it really is. I, I grew up with a father as a psychologist. So ah. like I, uh, I was constantly being asked these type of questions. And yeah, very, very, uh, always, you know, reflecting on, you know, who you are, how you're thinking, and you're, oh you're it's powerful stuff. Yeah, so no interesting. Question. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's amazing. It's amazing stuff. Um, good. Well, um, so you know, we're going to keep going, but I do want you to kind of, you know, tell the listeners because we're kind of right into this topic, um, where can they go for this online program? Um, you know, and where can they find this? Yeah. So our website is called Melissa Ferguson, Inc.ca. You can log on to there and the course is, is right there available. Just click on it. Okay, awesome. And we'll yeah. put a link in, in, into, Sounds the, good. into the Sounds videos good. as well. Amazing. Um, so yeah. tell me more about, you know, the, your world of property management, um, 18 properties. Um, you know, you know, you're, you're dealing with lots of stakeholders. Um, you know, um, there's your, you know, you got your, your, you got your tenants, you got your vendors, um, you know, you got the owners, uh, of the properties. Um, there's lo- lots of different people at play here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you foster positive relationships with, with the property managers, the tenants, the contractors and everybody? So, um, proactive, regular communication. It's, it, it's not rocket science, right? But that's, you know, when you get on with your day, um, it's easy to sort of forget, forget uh, to communicate. Um, and so I find that um, being proactive, letting people know about a situation before it happens, reaching out for no reason. So um, regularly, I have it in my calendar that I will reach out to every single tenant in our portfolio just to say hi, just, hey, how's it going? Is there anything that I should be aware of? Um, and so to to just have that little proactive approach, um, I learned lots of stuff from tenants that maybe didn't feel the need to tell us up front or, um, you know, or maybe they forgot to tell us something. Um, but I, you know, every time I do that, I might only get, a handful who respond, not everybody responds, but everyone sees it, right? And I think that's important to always have a presence and to just reach out for no reason. Because, you know, yeah, we're usually reaching out to collect a bill or enforce a rule. Um, And so the reason we're property managers is because we love dealing with people. And so let's go back to, you know, dealing with people. Amazing. Yeah, that's really good. Because, you know, there's the old saying, um, you know, no news is good news. But I don't think that's always true, you know, because often the the bad news is, you know, being held, you know, uh, and, and just being compartmentalized and building up and building up and building up. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they want you out of there. Um, so, uh, so I, I agree being proactive is, is huge and not everyone wants to talk to you, uh, at least, at least from my experience, but, but, um, yeah, being, being proactive, at least letting them know that you're there is, is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, and, you know, um, creating value, right. Creating value for the rent that they're paying and what are they getting for that rent? You know, just somebody who, you know, ignores them or comes around once in a while yeah. um, to pick up the check and then you never see them again. Yeah. That's not the best, yeah. but unfortunately no, that's really a lot right. of our realities just because we're so busy and, yeah. and it just is what it is. So I think we have to yeah. remember why we're property managers. Remember what we love about the job. You know, the yeah. best part of my job is going down to my, to my properties, bringing a coffee to one of my tenants and just connecting with a fellow business owner. Right. And it's you're you're not there to, like I said, collect any money or enforce any rules. You're just there to connect. And then that just goes so far in your relationship building. And it's hard. It's hard to make time to do that. But I think it's really important. 
I agree. I agree. Yeah, beautifully said. Um, so balancing, um, you know, cost effectiveness, you, you mentioned that you've done, um, you know, quite quite a bit of uh, capital expenditures on, on your properties and over, overseeing some big projects. Um, you know, like, how do you, how does your team and yourself prioritize, you know, upgrades and repairs um, to ensure long-term value for both the owners and the tenants? Yeah, so I mean, first, we must align ourselves with the goals and objectives of the landlord. Sometimes they have a different um, goal for the property than we do. So we just yeah. we that's where the open communication and the planning comes into place. Um, but then sort of once you get aligned with that, I mean, we prioritize uh, tenant safety and liability is number one, tenant comfort is number two. And then mm -hmm. you know, the curb appeal um, would be mm. number three. And so yeah. uh, trying to balance a little bit of, of each, um, obviously we, the priority number one is the tenant safety is always completed a hundred percent. But sometimes we pick a curb appeal project to do mm. um, when we've done a lot of upgrades to uh, building systems that you can't necessarily see. Um, so mm. that the tenants see that we are thinking about all of all of it, yeah. right? Because yeah. we, you know, early on in my career, I would get um, tenants saying, you know, what are you guys doing around here? You know, I haven't really seen a whole lot. And you're like, well, you don't see it, but we've been upgrading all the electrical or we've been upgrading the HVAC. Um, right. And so now that, uh, that we're able to have more influence, um, yeah. we, we definitely prioritize those items, but then I always try to throw in a bit of a curb appeal project in there yeah. too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well, well said, well said. Yeah. Um, good. And then, and then, um, how do you leverage technology and software in your, in your business? Um, you know, just streamline, um, the systems, um, do you use any softwares or anything like that? So such an exciting question because we are just <laughs> in the process of launching uh, Yardy breeze for our uh -huh. property management software. Um, yeah. we were too baby to have that mm. before, but now we are, uh, in the midst of it. So, um, yeah, so the software that we're using Yardy Breeze, it's going to have capabilities to provide a tenant portal. So tenants are yeah. going to be able to go on themselves. They're going to be able to look at their leases their correspondence, their account, uh, log yeah. any maintenance requests. Um, mm. so that's pretty cool. Um, other yeah. than that, internally, we have systems that we use um, to keep us as a team on the same page. We use, uh, you know, Google Drive. We have Trello uh, is a task management, property, uh, project management uh, system that we all have access to and we update. Um, we use our iPads and use our phones and stuff like that. So mm. we definitely are technology conscious and we're always trying to yeah. Um, find out what's going to be the next best thing. So we're trying, we're awesome. getting there. Awesome. Good for you. No, I, um, I keep hearing Yardy. It's, uh, it's been mentioned multiple times to me and because I'm not in the property management world myself. I, you know, I, I, I've, I hear it. I, you know, I hear it, you know, in the podcast, but I still, you know, I haven't seen it in, in use, but it, it seems like it's the platform for property managers. Is that like, like, so is it, does it kind of act as a, like a CRM in a sense or 
Can you tell me a little bit about what, what, yeah. where you see the value so far? Well, so in my career, I have used Yardi, I have used Spectra, and I've used JD Edwards, all three okay. different programs. Um, so Yardi, though, seems to me, which, you know, I could just be a little bit, uh, you know, not with it right now, but Yardi seems to me to, uh, it's, it's web-based, um, and we're using a version of Yardi that's meant for smaller businesses. So, um, so it's called Yardy Breeze. So there's the Yardy Voyager that's meant for, you know, huge companies. Um, it's too much for us with 18 properties, but this new version, Yardy Breeze, seems like it's going to be great. So basically you can automate a lot of things. So it eliminates errors, saves some time, right? And then it also provides this portal for the tenants and expands on, um, uh, more ways that tenants can pay their rent too. So not okay. just one way, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. That, that's a game changer. It sounds like. So I think so. I think so. That. I'm excited yeah. to get it, uh, you know, up and running and fully utilized. So great. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, so um, in, in a constantly evolving industry, you know, what, what trends um, or changes do you foresee shaping the future of property management? Mm-hmm. Um, well, more tech. More tech, yeah, for sure. Lots yeah. more tech. I know, yeah. um, you know, even just for, um, you know, the the high touch point cleaning and different, you know, janitorial um, initiatives, environmental initiatives, um, AI, maybe even in helping us to design spaces. Um, I really think that tech is obviously we're just at the tip of the iceberg, and I think more and more tech is going to be introduced. Um, I also feel like tighter environmental initiatives um, are, you know, are, are there. And um, hopefully that means some more rebates or assistance to, to do these things. You know, it's with these super old buildings, sometimes it's a major, major challenge and a huge investment. Um, And so it's always something that we're thinking about how to, how to make that better because that's a huge goal of ours too. Um, and then tighter cost savings challenges, right? I mean, um, with inflation, every cost has risen. Every operating cost has risen. And it's a huge challenge for property managers to you know, be very conscious of that and to try our very best to get those costs down. But it's not like it's not like it used to be. Right. No, no, I, I believe yeah. that. Yeah. Um, very good. Um, as a, as a leader in, in the property management world, you know, what, what advice would you give to aspiring property managers, you know, looking to climb the ranks and, you know, achieve similar results? So the first thing is I really think that people need to get to know themselves very, very intimately, right? What triggers you? What, uh, what's your why? You know, how do you act in certain situations? And then why? Like, why do you act that way? Is it an insecurity? Is it, you know, who knows? But it, really, really getting to understand yourself um, will help you be able to interact with a lot of different types of people. And in property management, if you want to succeed, you have to, to have positive relationships with all of your people. People, you know, yeah. So that's my biggest piece of advice. Get to know who you are first before you can get to know other people. 
I, I love it. And, and maybe they want to take the service mindset transfer, uh, tr transformation. Yes, yeah. I'd be happy to uh, help them through that and with the yeah. journal prompts. And yeah, even yeah, if yeah. someone just That's wants awesome. to ask me questions, I'm happy to help. Awesome. Very cool. Um, and, and again, I, I have to ask this because, you know, as you know, I own a Jantaro company. Um, so, you know, assuming, um, you know, Jantaro is often one of the you know, largest ongoing costs in, in a property. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how do you look for Jantaro companies to work with? Um, you know, what qualities of a company are you, are you looking for when you when you select a, a Jantaro company? Well, um, you know, I personally, I would be asking uh, for referrals from, mm -hmm. you know, peers of mine, right? So I would be going yeah. to some of my other property management colleagues asking, you know, who yeah. do you use um, and yeah. why? Um, so that's, that's the majority. We don't so much maybe Google or search online for stuff like that. It's more word of mouth. Um, yeah. But qualities that we absolutely are non-negotiable with us is reliability and honesty, yes. right? We care also about how much the staff is being paid that's important mm -hmm. um yeah. to us and yeah. uh obviously how well um everyone's treated mm -hmm. um and then we're you know we do look at cost um but it's we care more about value yeah beautiful beautiful very good thank you um I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another little question that that wasn't on my list, but um, I, I would love to hear what are your what are your goals um, with symmetry? Um, do you have kind of a vision of uh, where you want to take things? Um, you know, because you, you only you were founded in 2018, so um, you know some. I mean, you know, it's what's that five five years? So it's you, you've gotten to the five year mark, which a lot of companies don't get to. So so you know now you've it sounds like you've made it, you're established. Where where do you see yourself in the next five years? Or 10 years yeah um well i certainly want to continue to grow i certainly want to continue yeah. to build our team um and grow our properties and i would like to maybe grow in another province that would yeah. also be exciting um yeah and just continue to work really hard at, at being positive uh, representations of the industry Right. Yeah, amazing, yeah. amazing. That's awesome. All right, now, now for my my fun question: um, If you can manage any famous property in the world, you know which property would that be, and why? <laughs> That's a cool question. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't really know. I think something like you know the Eiffel Tower or something, and nice. it's you okay. know, and it's just I think uh, you know, but obviously from a property manager mind, you're thinking. Um, you know, that must be pretty challenging to maintain those yes. massively high trafficked properties um, sure. and the age of it. And I just yeah. think that it would be it would be very, very cool to manage a, a historical monument Absolutely. like that. Amazing. Have you been before? No, I haven't been. I haven't been. I, I almost I wanted to say the Coliseum. I've been to Italy a couple of times and I've oh. been to the Coliseum a couple of times and that is is uh you don't even know what you're looking at it's absolutely amazing yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, totally. yeah i've been there but, as well i haven't i like you i haven't been to the eiffel tower but i've been to the coliseum and wow i i would be i can't even imagine what that would be like to manage the coliseum. no no and the expense yeah. and uh even just yeah. trying to preserve the 
yeah. you know, the ancientness of it would yeah. be insanely yeah. difficult, but pretty totally. cool to be part of. Right. Yeah. Great. Great. Um, great choices. Oh, that's for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, awesome. And then if you could recommend any, any book to your, to your fellow property managers to read, um, what would that book be? Yes. There's a book called emotional intelligence by mm. Daniel Goldman. Um, mm. it's very, very interesting to talk about, uh, emotional yeah. intelligence. Yeah, that clearly is something that's super important to you. And yeah, I think you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're probably right that you unlock that and everything else kind of falls into place, doesn't it? So, yeah, 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 that's, yeah I, I mean, feel like that for sure. It's, it's something, something on the title of the book uh, says something like redefining what intelligence looks like or something like that. It's very yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to check it out. Thanks yeah, for the suggestion. For sure. Yeah. Great. And and then, and finally, um, you know, if people want to reach you, you already, you already talked about, you know, the uh, service minds, uh, mindset transformation, but how else can people find you? How, how can they find symmetry or you personally online? Yeah. Symmetry. We have a website, symmetry, C-R-E.ca. Um, Perfect. I'm on LinkedIn, Melissa Ferguson, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, got all the things. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. I really enjoyed having you on and I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, it's really neat to, to hear your perspective on the emotional intelligence and, you know, um, the, the balance of figuring yourself out first mm -hmm. in the market. And I think, you know, everything's moving so fast all the time that, um, I think people forget to think about themselves first. Um, yeah, so for sure. yeah, you can, I, I'll leave on you on you with for, one. There's like something that I was yeah. told by a mentor a long time ago and you, you can't pour from an empty cup. So you yeah, have to fill your it. cup up first. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, you thank so you. much. It was that's fun. That's words of wisdom. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much.